Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategists. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Debt is bad. Debt is evil. Debt needs to be eliminated. Pay off all your debts. Debt makes you poor. I could go on and on and on. Have you ever heard any of this advice? You know, it's very true that there are certain types of debt that unless you eliminate, you virtually have almost no shot at building any sort of sustainable wealth. The drag on your finances from bad consumer debt is too much for the vast majority of folks, unless you're banking on getting lucky and hitting the lottery. In fact, let me go on record and say that I love debt. Debt makes me wealthy. Debt accelerates my returns. Debt helps me to reduce my tax liability. Debt helps me buy assets that I normally would not be able to buy, at least not in a long time. Debt helped me turn a $12,000 cash investment into a $100,000 increase in net worth in five years, all while creating a media cash flow that I could enjoy or reinvest into other projects. In today's episode, I'll walk you through my personal philosophy on the types of debt that I hate and the ones that I love. Be prepared to have your paradigm shifted about the role of debt in your financial life. All right, welcome back to the Indestructible Wealth Show, where we're going to discuss step number three of the seven-step strategic plan. And uh, before we get into that, I got to tell you, man, I you know I got an incredible wife, uh, my wife Kara. When they talk about you know you you married up or you outkicked your coverage, you know all those things where basically you got somebody that was like like super more hot than you or better than you. Like that was absolutely the case with my wife for sure. She's tan, she's fit, she's beautiful. She's forgiving, she's loving, kind. And uh, all those incredible qualities, right? Pretty much lend themselves to where we're opposites. (laughs) Now, I do love people. I am caring. I want to make the world a better place and all that. But Opposites definitely attracted in this situation. She was asking me uh, yesterday, like, when can I listen to your podcast? I'm like, well, I, you know, honestly, I don't think you'd be interested at all. Plus I cuss. So that's even in two strikes, like finances and cussing. Like, I don't think this is for you. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, will she listen to them? And she probably will just to see what I say. So she can like maybe reprimand me at a later point. Jack Gibson, you know, that's when I know I'm in trouble when I get the full, full name, Jack Gibson, you know, then I'm like, oh shit, what I do now. But actually, you know, my full legal name is John Robert Gibson, but I go by Jack. A lot of people don't know that a lot of Johns or a lot of people that are called Jack, uh, at least back, you know, I don't know, maybe not recently, uh, you know, Jack's become a popular name over the last decade or two, but 30, 40, 50, 80 years ago, you know, those people that are that age. Uh, that's very common. Jack uh, is a nickname for John. So I don't know if you knew that, but just educating you on all parts of life. (laughs) Don't think my wife is interested in finances. You know, we were at the dinner table yesterday and I took a call 
Well, it was actually before dinner was served, but the call went longer than I wanted. It was with my property manager on a property I have out in Arizona. And so he was, uh, he's three hours behind. So, you know, it was dinner time and I needed to talk to him. We've been trying to, we've been playing faux tag. And so I took the call and I wasn't there at dinner. And, you know, I sat back down. I kind of, you know, I felt the, a little bit of the tension. She was, she's pretty understanding. She knows I don't, I don't usually do that. Take a call during dinner. In fact, I put my phone face down on the kitchen counter so that I don't like, it's not anywhere near me at dinner. And I don't, I don't pay any attention to it. Family time, dinner time's family time. And besides our family time is super entertaining because my kids, they, my boys, they are super raunchy. We let them get away with it and they push the envelope and it's great. I'm talking to my property manager. I find out a property that I bought for $80,000 about five, maybe six years ago in Arizona. Um, I've had it leveraged ever since then. So I've had debt on it, right? I've had debt. So I only had 12,000 of my own money into that particular property. So my property manager tells me, well, this property is worth, you know, at least 180 all day long. And potentially we, you know, we could list it for 200,000. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, I had not even been tracking or paying attention. I had it in my net worth spreadsheet. For the last, you know, like year since I've been really tracking net worth every month, I want to see my trajectory of what, you know, where I'm at in terms of my growth track trajectory. So I can get excited about the progress that we're making. So I was, I had it pegged at 90,000, you know, that's what it was five, six years ago. So when I checked with him, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's on a whole list for 180, 200. So I'm going to sell it too, because the rent isn't keeping up with that sort of price increase. So it just makes sense to sell it. So I sit down at dinner and I'm like, so what were you doing? Who are you taking a call from? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's my property manager. You know, this property is worth a hundred thousand. And uh, like, she was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then, then it's like on to something else. Like, so <laughs> it's so great. Like she doesn't care. And she's not vested into money. And that's what's wonderful about her is that she never married me about for my money. And I didn't have that much then, so it's probably good. But she doesn't, like, she's not attached to material object. What she wants, she wants quality time. She wants to be loved, appreciated. She wants to be heard. And um, as long as I, as long as I give, feed those things, like, she could care less about, like, pretty much, the other stuff. Now she does love material objects, but um, you know, like everybody, I mean, she likes her nice car and, you know, like nice clothes and stuff like that, but she's not attached to it. And for her, she could be happy, you know, in a thousand square foot house driving a, you know, uh, just a very basic car and, 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 a, and, a, and a small rock on her finger. She doesn't, doesn't matter to her. And that's the beauty of, of uh, Kara. So today, you know, Debt. See, I gave you just a little story about how debt accelerated my wealth. So I took $12,000 and I turned it into, you know, in all reality, I mean, at least, at least 80 with all the rents, with the debt pay down. And then along with, so if it just sells, if I just net out 140 out of it, I, the math I figured is I took 12 and turned it into $83,000 in wealth. That's the, that's the power of debt. A lot of people think of debt when they, when they, when they say that it's like a bad four letter word, right? You know, like kind of language I use on this show, for example, that's what people think of debt. And I love debt. Debt helps me create wealth. Debt, 
that helps me buy things that I normally couldn't buy. Or I would have to wait years to be able to afford it if I were paying, you know, and saved up cash. Now, let me be clear. There's certain kinds of debt that I do hate. Everything in life has what we call polarity, right? There's hot, cold, good, evil. There's uh, success. There's failure. There's winning. There's losing. There's tall. There's short. Everything has polarity in life. And debt is no different. There's there's polarity. So there's good and there's bad about it. So I want to talk to you and get you clear on the difference and which ones deserve to be attacked and eliminated and which ones you want to embrace, you want to, you want to enhance, you want to accelerate. Now, I know there's gurus out there who say attack your smallest debt first, like Dave Ramsey's all about this. And, you know, although this makes sense to create some quick wins, so my answer depends on two things as far as which one, which type of debt you attack first. Number one, is the debt collateralized? So meaning, is there an asset that the debt is attached to that has a value greater than the debt? Now, I personally hate unsecured debt, but I have no issue with secured debt whatsoever. whatsoever. For example, if I have an auto loan for 30,000 and my car is currently worth 40,000, then that's not a debt that I'm concerned with at all about attacking. Now, however, if the interest rate is like super high, you know, like 10%, something like that above that, you know, probably anything above, you know, six, 7%, I'm attacking that debt, to be honest, you know, even though it's a, it's a secured debt because it's a consumer debt, right? And it's higher interest. If I have credit cards with balances of $35,000, then even if the interest rate is higher on the car, it's highly unlikely, but just giving you an illustration here, I'm attacking the credit cards first because that's unsecured debt. If anything goes wrong with my income or the economy takes a dive and it affects me, then I can't liquidate or sell any of those assets to cover the debt and reduce the debt, maybe downsize like my vehicle or downsize something, right? So that I have taking on less debt, less monthly obligation. Unsecured debt causes me to lose sleep at night especially unsecured consumer debt. So if you take a vacation and you're like, oh man, we got it. We're just, we just got to go on a vacation. We got to go. We deserve it. It's been a while. We haven't taken one for a year. This family needs it. Oh, you put that on a credit card. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm attacking that debt first. That's consumer debt. That's high interest consumer debt. That's, that's absolutely terrible for your wealth building plan. Okay, so the other condition, as we've kind of hinted at, is the interest rate. Now, I don't personally have any issue with an interest rate at 6% or less, because I believe in what's called opportunity cost. So in other words, if I pay down low interest debt just to get debt free, then that is money that will not be able to earn a higher, potentially life-changing return somewhere else. So let me, let me explain. So just recently, my wife was ready for a new SUV upgrade. We were planning on waiting a year, but we really needed additional tax deductions. So we took advantage of what I call, or what is, I don't call it. This is just what it's called. The 6,000 pound end of year strategy. And I'll explain that more in another podcast. We ended up picking out a Mercedes, it was Mercedes 450 or something. The price tag was 95,000. And although we could have paid cash, 
the interest rate to finance the purchase was only 3%. Now, I firmly believe in my ability to get more than a 3% return on my cash. In fact, a lot of my real estate gets 10 to 15% and my latest self-storage syndication fund, <laughs> I'm expecting 25% return on investment based on how it's performed over the last decade. Okay, over 110 deals, these guys get 25% ROI on average. So if I paid for the car in cash, then instead of earning 10% on my cash, I'd be saving 3%. The difference being between the two is the opportunity cost, the 7%. That is the opportunity cost of buying the car in cash. So what's 7% of 95,000? Well, that's nearly $7,000 per year in unrealized income that I'd be giving up, paying for the car in cash just to be debt free. If you look at the self storage fund, you know, and let's say that ends up at a 20% on the lower end of expectations return. So now 20% minus 3% that I'm saving on paying off the car, that, that net is 17%. That's over $16,000 in unrealized income given up to again, be debt free. So I'm gonna give you the order in which I think that you should consider attacking debts. In personal finance, you know, there's various options, opinions. So you really need to do what makes sense for you and what your risk tolerance is. I have to admit that I have a higher, slightly higher risk tolerance than a lot of people. Although if you kind of weave in and out throughout my, um, you know, my platform, you're gonna see that a lot of what I, I tell you is, is pretty conservative advice, okay? So, so it's not, I don't, I like responsible risk-taking. I don't like irresponsible risk-taking. So, okay, the first one, unsecured high interest debt. This is the plague. It's fucking black death, scum of the earth debt, okay? I don't know if I got my point through and sorry I got carried away, but I hope you get the point. This debt has no room in your life. In fact, you have this in your balance sheet, uh, AKA, you know, it's on your net worth statement. You have very little chance of producing wealth. You guys, you just cannot outpace this type of debt. So you got to attack this debt. This is where you really want to, you want, you want to go to Dave Ramsey. He's a specialist in this. Go read his books and, uh, you know, Really, I'll listen to his podcast, and this is the, this is what he'll teach you to reduce. He's a debt coach. I'm a wealth building coach, so you definitely should go listen to him on this. And I have no, I make no money by telling you to go listen to him, right? But this is a situation where it makes sense. You know, I think personally, I think that you should be getting an extra job or a side hustle to generate income to pay off this and get it out of your life once and for all. You know, look, the average rep in a in a direct sales company makes a few hundred extra dollars per month. That's the average. You know, there's some that make a lot more than that, some that make less, but, you know, a few hundred extra dollars per month. That could be enough to get that paid off, uh, you know, 10 times faster than you would uh, otherwise. So I think you really need to be looking. If, you get, if you've got this type of debt in your life, guys, you need to get off your freaking ass, get off of Netflix, shut your Netflix account down. You don't, you didn't fucking deserve it. You don't, you didn't earn it. Shut that shit down and uh, get, get off of like, you got to put some 
some type of parameters on yourself for scrolling social media and go get a freaking side hustle and create some extra income and attack this day. Look, do you want to make, do you want to get wealthy or not? That's what you got to ask yourself. And if you're just talking and talking and talking about it and not taking drastic action, then you're just bullshitting yourself. And, you know, go join the rest of America that's going to be in debt for the rest of their fucking life and just great right off into the very, you know, the sunset of delusionment. I'm here to help you get a better life. I'm here to help you get a better quality of life. And my passion is I'm, I'm here to look after you. I'm here to, to talk some sense into you. So if I get a little like over the top, I, I'm, I just mean business and I want, I want you guys to get results. I want you to live a better life. Okay, number two, unsecured mid-interest debt. So, you know, this is what I'd attack next for the previous thought, you know, that I, I just don't like unsecured debt. You know, this could be, you know, it could be a credit card, like where you're at like seven, eight, you know, 9% on, um, you know, high interest is probably north of 10%, I would say, you know, you start getting up 15, 20%, that's super, that's super high interest. So yeah, attack, attack this unsecured debt, get it, just get it out of your life. Okay. And then next up, secured high interest debt. These aren't typically too common, though. I see this, you know, I see this a lot in the car industry. You could have gotten yourself into a bad deal. Maybe you don't have the, the best credit. So you got an auto loan, but you had to you, you had to take a high uh, interest loan on it. Or maybe it's a toy that you really shouldn't have bought, a jet ski, a snowmobile, a motorcycle. So you could probably have some, you have, you have it's collateralized, you know, it's secured against the, the value of the uh, asset that you have the debt on. However, you know, you definitely want to get these paid off and clear off that high interest rate. And then unsecured low interest debt. So this is most likely student loans for a lot of you. And, you know, I'd personally probably make the minimum payments and just kind of let this ride. You know, a lot of these are like two, three, four 4%. I'd rather personally just kind of let it, let that, let these ride out. And, um, you know, they're not, they're not really setting you back that much. And then you just got to apply opportunity cost and learn how to be a financially intelligent investor so that you can utilize the money that you would have taken to pay this debt off. And you use that to invest in something where you're getting, you know, a much higher return on your money. And then finally, my favorite form of debt is secured low interest debt. So this is most likely your primary residence. You know, I know like interest rates are down for, for some loans into the twos, which is crazy. That's like free money. Unbelievable. No wonder, no wonder housing prices are going like crazy. People have access to such cheap money. It's nuts. Or this could be like real estate investment property. Okay. Or it could be a business loan. It could be like a loan against your business or you know, like you took out a loan uh, to, to start a business, you know, this is the type of debt that, that I embrace. You know, I, I only pay the minimum and I spread it out over as long of a period as I can, you know, typically a 30 year payment or amortization schedule. Anything you pay sooner towards principal is now very tough to get at if you need it. You know, it's not liquid and accessible. Remember that the bank wins when you pay it down quicker because they can then take your extra cash flow that they're getting from the debt pay down and loan it out and make 500% more on your money. That's why they they want you to do a 15-year mortgage because they're they're getting more cash flow 
uh, faster from you on those types of deals. That's why they want you to refinance. Like, did you ever stop and think why a bank would possibly want you to refinance and send you out a postcard to get you to refinance? Okay, it's because they're starting the amortization schedule all over again. And most of that in the beginning of a loan, a lot of that money goes towards principal. So they're increasing their cash flow off of you. So another way to look at debt, right? So keep that money to yourself, spread it out as long as you can, go invest it to create a bigger percentage, or at least you know put it into something that matches their interest rate on your mortgage note but gives you liquidity when you need it. You know, this could be like a high cash value life insurance policy. My life insurance policy very, very closely matches the return on that, pretty much matches the interest rate that I pay on our primary residence. So I like doing this because number one, I have a quick, liquid, easily tapped source of funds that I can pull money out against. And the other thing, obviously it protects my family should anything happen to me, the primary earner in the family, right? And also my my uh, anybody that I name as beneficiaries on my high cash value life insurance policy, they get that money tax free, which is incredible. I hope this helps you with the debt conversation and thinking differently about debt. You may have to listen to this one more time just to really like kind of go through it and like kind of really like let it sink in. If you got questions, please don't hesitate to answer different scenarios about debt. I'd be happy to take a look at specific situations that you're in. And I've done this for, for many people in the past. They ask me, okay, here's, here's what I'm looking at. What should I do? What should I pay down? What should I not? And um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to look at those situations. So fire away. Thanks so much, guys. Here we go. Have a great day. See you on the next episode. We're going to dive into step four. And uh, here's where here's where it starts getting fun. That's a wrap for this episode of the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. Before we part ways, I want to help you take advantage of two incredible tax saving strategies that could help you save a lot of money. All you have to do is leave me a five-star review, if I've earned it, and comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in. After you've done that simple step, just email me a screenshot at reviews at myindestructiblewealth.com and I'll send you everything you need to save money on your taxes for years to come. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on social media. Also, please share this podcast with anyone who's looking for guidance on their own wealth building journey. Until next time, Remember, our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.